Morning Air, and you're listening to Season 8 of the Afropop Close-Up Podcast, where we go beyond music into politics, religion, history, and culture. The term Ghana must go is often used colloquially among West Africans. It describes a type of cheap but heavy-duty plastic bag. It rose in notoriety in the 1980s when it became associated with the deportation of one million Ghanaians from Nigeria. But since then, Ghana's profile has risen, and these days, it's a go-to destination. Producer Yinka Rickford Angwin explores Ghana's blossoming appeal and some of the ways Ghanaians in the UK have long been flying that flag. Well, I hope you change your mind. Because either way, we're moving to Ghana. This is living. <laughs> Thank you. Medasi. It's so perfect here. Let's go back to Robin, live in Ghana. More than 33 million people live in that country, and just recently, an influx of Americans have moved there. Hey, Robin, don't tell us you're moving. I'm not accepting that. Recently, it seems like Ghana's popularity has exploded in the cultural consciousness. Like in the Best Man final chapters, when Robin announces to Harper that after their divorce, she plans on moving to Ghana with their daughter. Sorry, spoiler alert. Then, Wanda and Leon spend a bunch of time in Ghana and constantly make references to it in the last season of Snowfall. And as promo for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Robin Roberts did a whole segment for Good Morning America filmed in Accra. There are many examples from the past few years that can be used to illustrate this point. Do you remember December 2018? It seemed like everyone in Black Hollywood was partying in Ghana. So late December, a group of star-studded guests came down to experience Ghana's beauty, hosted by Hollywood actor Boris Kujo and international marketing genius Bozoma St. John. It's been a week of fun, educative and philanthropic work by the guests, which includes Anthony Anderson, Rosario Dawson, Michael J. White, Naomi Campbell, Idris Elba, and trust me, the list goes on and on. I grew up in London, a city famously known for being a diverse melting pot. But I also come from the generation where it wasn't considered cool to be African. It wasn't unheard of for the black kids in school to claim they were Jamaican instead of embracing their actual heritage. Maybe it's due to my parents being from Sierra Leone and Jamaica, or it could be the fact that my childhood best friend was Ghanaian and I was a part of a friendship group that ran the gamut of the diaspora. But I was fortunate enough to always see the beauty and richness in African cultures. I was surrounded by people who would travel to their parental homelands and as we got older, we began taking trips to each other's countries. Over the years since I first visited in 2016, I've seen the country's profile rise and continue its ascent. I love seeing folks the world over becoming aware of Ghana's appeal like I did. And at the same time, I'm also reminded of the people who've been waving the proverbial flag for many years. People like entrepreneur Dennis Taria. I started doing this way back, not two, three years ago, way, way back. We've been encouraging people from the diaspora to come to Ghana. And I remember for 
some of us as well here in the diaspora, it was a punishment going back to Ghana. Like, if you don't do well in school, that's one of the things your parents will say to you, I'm going to send you back to Ghana. We managed to change that narrative. And now, big, big festivals are going to Ghana. People from various parts of the diaspora are all going to Ghana. Not only going to Ghana for the fun, but doing business. People are buying lands, people are buying property. You know, the contribution we've made of making sure people go to Ghana. More on him later. But for now, I want to start by giving some context on the increased attention on Ghana over the last few years, which can quite directly be traced back to the year of return. Ghana's Cape Coast is home to one of the country's most prolific landmarks, the Door of No Return. It was named for the fact that once captured, enslaved Africans from various nations would be forced onto ships through this door. Those who crossed the threshold would be transported across the Americas, never to return. With 2019 being the 400th anniversary of the beginning of the transatlantic slave trade, Ghana plans on welcoming back the descendants of those displaced Africans, a spiritual homecoming of sorts. Here is Ghanaian President Nana Akufo-Addo announcing the Year of Return initiative in September 2018 at a ceremony held in Washington, D.C., attended by representatives from the U.S. and Ghana. We're gathered to initiate the Year of Commemoration of one of the most momentous events of history, the commencement of the transatlantic slave trade, which brought tens of millions of Africans to the Americas. We know of the horrors that accompanied that forced journey. We know of the brutalities that were meted out to them during their stay. We know of the extraordinary achievements and contributions they have made to the life of the Americas. And it is important that in this symbolic year, 400 years later, we commemorate their existence and their sacrifices. The year of return would be marked by various celebrations throughout the country over the 12-month span. But a key element was also making travel to and living in Ghana more appealing and accessible for people of the diaspora. For many, though, the pull toward Ghana occurred before that official public push. Like for Jasmine Griffiths, the former head of strategic partnerships and diaspora engagement for the Ghana High Commission. When her mother moved back to Ghana in 2008, it prompted Jasmine to visit regularly for the first time since childhood. I was born and raised in the UK. I spent all of my formative years, education and career-wise, in the UK. But this felt like home and then it felt difficult to go back to the UK. And then when I was in the UK, I just always wanted to come back. And it's funny, I remember as a child, my mum only holidayed in Ghana. And I used to say to her, you know, there's loads of other places that you could go or we could go to. We don't always have to come back to Ghana. And suddenly here I am as an adult and the only place I want to go to is Ghana. And then as I was here and extending trips, it then became, well, instead of always trying to escape to Ghana, how do you make it that you can just stay here? Jasmine officially moved in 2017. Her first assignment after being hired to Ghana's High Commission was planning the royal visit by then Prince Charles. An outcome of that event was the acknowledgement that there was a need for the connection between Ghana and the UK to be fostered in a more formal and ongoing way. The diasporic engagements team was soon established with Jasmine at the helm. 
it meant that she had a front row seat to the Year of Return initiative and its launch. I think the success of Ghana's Year of Return demonstrates Ghana's ability to kind of harness this support from the global African diaspora. It was extremely successful in that sense. They kind of catapulted Ghana onto this international stage and called people from all over to come to Ghana and to see Ghana as a top tourism destination. You can see the difference between kind of pre-year of return to now and the numbers that are coming in, especially at Christmas. Jasmine has also been involved in the post-year of return planning. We supported and worked alongside Ghana government with a lot of their engagement work over the year. And so when we were looking to do an event in December 2019, it made sense that we would partner with Ghana government. And we partnered on what would ultimately be the launch of the Beyond the Return initiative, which is a 10-year plan for how they kind of continue the momentum of Year of Return. Despite the interruption of COVID in 2020, reports indicate that tourism is getting back to its pre-pandemic numbers and visitors from America seem to be leading that charge. But with a long and far-reaching colonial history, travellers from the UK have always put up significant numbers. Ghana Escapes is a travel group that takes people to Ghana to just expose them to Ghana and you can say the entry of Africa. Jeffrey Boateng is a UK-born Ghanaian He's the owner of Ghana Escapes and hosts the yearly trip, which he started in 2013. When I first started it, I called it Ghana Escapes, the number one raving holiday to Ghana. But then after the second one, I realised that when I'd done the feedback survey, people were like, I really enjoyed going to Elmina Castle to find out about our ancestors. There was not one survey that came back and said, no, we just really love getting drunk. So I was like, this can't be a raving experience. Yeah, they had fun in the clubs, but they got more from the ancestral side of things, the history and the culture. So we kind of just changed the whole ethos and then it started off small. I remember there's a picture in Elmina Castle in Cape Coast, and we're just sitting on the wall. There's probably about nine to 12 of us. The year of return, we filled up the entire castle. Not only has his annual tour grown over the years, Jeff's business ventures have also expanded to include ownership of a Ghanaian restaurant in London. It's called 1957, a nod to the year the country became independent. But he started in entrepreneurship by organising and hosting events under his better-known alias, Harm K. Once he gained some traction in that space, he decided to explore more ways he could connect folks with his beloved motherland. But before he could share his culture, Jeff had to gain a true appreciation for it himself. Growing up, you were kind of embarrassed to be African. But that started to change when he became friends with a new student at his school. At 10 years old, the new boy starts to, the class. They didn't have to mention his name. I didn't even need to hear his voice or his accent. I just knew. Jeff had already recognised the new kid as being a fellow Ghanaian by his features alone. But when the schoolboy opened his mouth to introduce himself, his nationality was confirmed to the rest of the class, who then proceeded to make fun of him. This made Jeff become protective of the new kid, eventually leading to their friendship, which remains to this day. Through his new friend, Jeff was introduced to lots more Ghanaians his age. And I'm seeing young boys who dress like me, like saying, speaking a pigeon English and stuff, and I'm like, right, this sounds a bit lit. 20 of us are together and I'm the only one that's speaking the Queen's English. And everyone else is kind of just flowing kind of thing. As they got older, 
Jeff and his friends began partying and a new level of connection to his Ghanaian culture is unlocked for him. Then there was like Ghana independence events and it was events that, again, you have 2,000 Ghanaians and friends of Ghanaians listening to Ghanaian music, partying, dressed up, drinking. And I was like, wow, this is like a... It takes it away from just the, the hall parties that your mum used to drag you to where you just see older aunties and uncles that you don't know. Jeff found his connection to his culture through the evolution of his friendships. And some of the events he and his friends attended back then provided a framework for what would later become his own career. There's a group called Aquaba UK, and I've always kind of looked at their work and been like, you know, they're just sick, like, in terms of their consistency in the industry. I know the chairman very well, and like, sometimes he just reminisced, look at this flyer, and I look at it, I'm like, 1991, like, I was three years old. He was bringing big artists from then, so really admire the works that they do. Aquaba means welcome in our native language in Ghana. Welcome to everything Ghana. This is Dennis Terrier, who you heard earlier and who Jeff just mentioned. He's the CEO of Aquaba UK, an event management and production company that hosts many entities under its vast umbrella, like parties, cultural events and trips to Ghana, which he started doing in 1999. Dennis's hard work has contributed to the shift, particularly in London culture, that has seen African parties, events and music become more mainstream over the last few decades. When we created Aquaba UK, there was no Afrobeats at that time. There's still highlight, hip life and all African music like um, Pima Gawu, Yusuf Ndor, uh, Papa Wemba, you know? And then every event you go, you hear Sweet Mara, Sweet Mara, Sweet Mara. So that was what we had at the time. We didn't have a lot of African music where it was on the mainstream. Dennis moved to London from Ghana at a young age. He started his early career as part of a DJ collective. However, the landscape was hostile to pretty much anything African at the time. The industry did not want anything to do with our music. Mainstream radio, record companies, all of them didn't want nothing to do with our music. I would say the black community in the UK at the time was Caribbean dominated. So he decided to forge his own path. I think it was 1993. We went to Brixton Academy. Those days, Brixton Academy was a big venue whereby all the big artists, whether it's from the Caribbean, whether it's from the US, that's where they go. When the group inquired about hiring the location, they were met with some resistance. Honestly, I remember the manager looking at us in a funny way saying, are these guys serious? You know the venue capacity is about 4,000. We said, yes, we want to do it on March for Ghana Independence Celebration. It was like, no, I don't think I could do this event here. So we were like, no, 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 we're not leaving you. How much would it be? You just rent the venue to us and see what we could do. As a result of the hesitation and fear of the event's possible failure, Dennis and his team were charged an increased fee and had some heavy stipulations. When he gave us the contract for a 4,000 capacity venue, he only gave us 100 tickets to go and sell. And then the rest of them, you'll have to come to the Brixton Academy box office. I mean, we're just 18, 19 years old. So we, we took the 100 tickets. The team had to return to the venue to request more tickets after their first 100 sold out in 24 hours. So he then turned around and said, OK, here's the 500 tickets. And again, on record, those 500 tickets went within another 24 hours. Don't forget, we had no mobile phones. We had no um, internet. So it's all about word of mouth. From 500 tickets, within about 
seven days we've sold out Brixton Academy. This is history. This is history. Dennis hasn't looked back since. I started off as a DJ and all I wanted to do is just be given a chance. And that stigma of you're African, you're not allowed in the club, you're not even allowed to be near the, the, the DJ equipment. That still hurts me to today. So everything I did, my events, is, everything is always something to do with Ghana. Ghana part in the club, the name hasn't changed. Aquaba is a Ghana name. Miss Ghana UK, everything we do is Ghana oriented. So the proud Ghanaian in the diaspora is for people to see that, look, although you're in a different country, you can also want to embrace your culture. And that's something that I've always believed in. Aquaba UK is responsible for Ghana Party in the Park. Since its start in 2005, the festival has grown to attract over 8,000 attendees to London every summer. Obviously, Ghana's popularity didn't begin with the Year of Returns launch. Targeted outreach to African-Americans even predates 2019. Under Kwame Nkrumah's presidency, the country welcomed high-profile African-Americans like Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali and Maya Angelou. The Year of Return seems to be building on that legacy of connecting with diasporans and welcoming them back to their ancestral home. You have a lot of African-Americans moving here and that was one of the intentions of Year of Return for them to see here as somewhere that they could move to and invest in and set up businesses in. And you have that happening. But it cannot be ignored how much the international discourse around Ghana leans very heavily toward the diasporan experience and perspective. As life beyond the return continues to come into focus, some nuance is being added to the conversations. Although the year of return communicated quite well to people outside of Ghana, it seems as if for your average Ghanaian, they don't quite get what the benefit is to Ghana, especially at December, to have so many people come in and kind of put a strain on the infrastructure that is already under pressure. And so you see a lot of traffic or people just can't get on with their general day-to-day because there are so many people here and there's not enough management of how they'll move around the city and everything seems to be focused on Accra. And that makes it difficult for those who live in Accra. The bigger and more successful year of return gets, the more stressful it gets for those who actually live in Accra. Thank you to Jeffrey Boateng and Dennis Tarrier for the stories. Thanks to Jasmine Griffiths for her appearance on mic and help behind the scenes. Many thanks to Doris Asabi Amankwa for helping me connect the dots. Additional thanks to Marie Sisko Jeffrey and Camila Kashani for lending their ears and giving thoughtful feedback. Final thanks to Banning Air and Michael Jones for production support. This Afropop close-up was made possible by a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts. But to keep the series going, we need your support. Visit afropop.org and make a donation. Every dollar counts. For Afropop Worldwide, I'm Yinka Rickford-Angwin. Yeah. Young Daddy Lumba with a steez. 
Baby, you way I pick, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say I can't want it, or then it's how I mean it. It ain't who I want it. Say I can't, can't promise. On. All for you, all for you. Yeah, you know one one, but see I fall for two. Magic stick, touching, feel the cruise. What we they do, me hun sem pi, see where in a knee, taste and see, I know quite the penny. Me ex in me next new bianchin and in to me sending the pictures, Eddie in a hit. Eba, king keba, boys a kasaba de dequa, be flavor, flavor, meah. Eba, king keba, boys a kasaba de de 